Vincent Hasty. I'm host of this conversation we call Leading Theologically. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Church USA Foundation. This is a ministry of the Committee on Theological Education. And I'm, I'm here with my friend who has as many titles or as, as many syllables <laughs> in the multiple titles he, he holds. Uh, Ryan Ellison, thanks for being here um, as you're traveling out on the West Coast um, from your home in the Kansas City area. Glad, glad to have you here today. Thank you so much, Lee. It really is my uh, my privilege. I appreciate you. I've appreciated your work and your insight across a few different jobs in the denomination over the years, and I'm uh, I'm glad to be with you now. Thanks, thanks. Um, Brian Ellison is executive director of the Covenant Network of Presbyterians and has been in that position almost a decade. That's hard to believe. It feels like it was yesterday. <laughs> but, a lot has uh, happened in those ten years. Golly, a lot has happened. Beautiful things. Um, he is a teaching elder. Um, he is um, a radio host. He is a journalist. He is a, has served as a pastor. We'll put his um, bio and link in the chat and share that. Um, uh, we're here to talk about LGBTQIA plus inclusion in the church, real inclusion, which is some work that his organization, the Covenant Network of Presbyterians, is working on right now. Um, he also serves us in the church. Um, uh, in many ways, currently on the Permanent Judicial Commission of the General Assembly, but has been on the Committee on the Office of the General Assembly, the Mission uh, Committee on the Mission Responsibility Through Investment. That's our sort of social uh, responsibility um, filter kind of committee that helps us. Um, my good friend Rob Four now is uh, in that staff role. Um, uh, Committee on the Office of the General Assembly, COGA. Uh, Board of Pensions as the director. Thank you for everything that you do and you're currently doing as uh, in the Covenant Network and also with the Senate of Mid-America. I forgot to mention that he is the state clerk uh, for that Senate as well as um, one of its presbyteries, Heartland Presbytery, which is sort of Kansas City area, correct? Yeah, we're uh, uh, Kansas City and beyond. We go all the way up to the Iowa border on the Missouri side, all the way out yeah. to uh, South Paola and Osawatomie and Gardner in uh, in Eastern Kansas. So I need to come and visit Heartland Presbytery. <laughs> you absolutely should. You're consider this your invitation. Okay, I love it. Um, so, friends, we just uh, like for you to let us know you're out there and the questions you have. Um, but as I always do, and I think you know, um, Brian, I usually start with a question about vocation and call. Um, I'm um, I love bab baptism is, you know, one of our two sacraments, and it's about our call and being named and claimed, but it's our, our claiming Jesus Christ as Lord and how we live out that faith is something we're, we're asking that question every day, and, we're, and we take a vow to help each other ask that question. So I'm wondering, what is it that is giving you life, Howard Thurman says, um, you know, what is it that makes you come alive? Because we need people who are coming alive. Um, Katie Cannon says, it's the work your soul must have. What is, what is that work? What is that life uh, giving force for you these days? Yeah, I appreciate that question, Lee. I, and I, I feel like uh, I have this amazing privilege of getting to do the thing that gives me life uh, mm. as my as my job, um, you know, not, you can. There's a lot of lot of ways to to have life in things that are not your job, the things you're not right. paid for. But I, right. 
I actually get to do that as executive director of the Covenant Network. Um, and I, you know, I, as you said, I have several jobs. Um, a, a lot of people know me from the work I do on the polity side with the stated clerk jobs. And, you know, there's a lot of that that I'm going to just confess to you, maybe life-giving for some people, but isn't all that life-giving for me. Uh, agendas Thanks and minutes. For the honesty. <laughs> well, you know, and I, I, I can do those things, agendas and minutes and parliamentary procedure. But, but what I love about the stated clerk job and the thing that gives me life about it is finding ways to use the, the polity, use the tools of the church, use the, 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 the history and uh, theology of the way we live together to bring about um, mission. And, and the fact that uh, in some ways, I guess my work with the Covenant Network doesn't seem all that different from that to me. Um, a lot of what we have been about um, through the history of the Covenant Network church and strengthen it to do using what it is fundamentally about mission and evangelism and hospitality, the, the tools of being church um, to, to really live into the gospel. And that daily exercise is incredibly um, life-giving to me. It's the, it's the part of my work that I love the most. Mm. Um, I had a couple of glitches, at least on my side, but hopefully not in Facebook. But I, I think what I heard you say is, is using and it makes sense to me and how I've experienced you is the daily disciplines of the church um, and, and helping others use those uh, and using them yourself to, to make a difference in the church and the world. It, uh, is that about, about right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I, yes. And I, I hope I'm not having internet problems here, uh, but I, it, I'm, as you mentioned, I'm in a hotel in Seattle, but um, my, Yes, the polity of the church, you know, it's so boring, so, so bland to so many people, but to me, it, it's, it's opportunities, it's instruments for mission and ministry, and that's right. what's exciting to me. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and um, yeah, part of those instruments are within the polity and the governance, and some of those are partner organizations like the Covenant Network of Presbyterians, um, right? I mean, they're there, um, we're all in this together and in, in being church, I was having a conversation this morning and um, somebody was talking about, I went to bed, you know, praying for, you know, a way forward. I didn't see a way forward. And then somebody sent me an email the next day and it was just like, you know, God's providence. And I feel like you're that kind of person and Covenant Network is that kind of uh, organization and, and the way you operate within the governance, you're that kind of person who shows up with the tools to be a partner. I think, I think of you as a real partner in ministry. You have a, you have a partner uh, in your daily life, right? Um, but you're a partner in ministry. I think of many people, common friends that we have, you're somebody who works alongside um, others, I feel like. Um, and I see that uh, giving others life when you do that. Um, so thank you for that. Well, that's high praise. I, those are, those are, really meaningful compliments. I appreciate that. And I, you know, I can't think of a better description of what it means to be the church, what, mm -hmm. uh, what the meaning of community is mm -hmm. than that we would partner with each other toward, um, toward mission, toward gospel work. Um, now you're, I didn't mention it. Your, um, your undergraduate work was at Harvard, right? And your MDiv at Princeton, seminary. Did you in that time read any, I'm just guessing, any Letty Russell uh, during that time? Or I, I don't know, who are some theologians that formed you ecclesiologically, maybe? If, if, yeah. 
You know, I, I think a lot of the theology, I, uh, I didn't really start engaging theology until college in the first place and, and seminary in, ser- in earnestness. Um, and I think, so, so even the classical theologians were sort of mind-blowing to me. Uh, you know, uh, Calvin was mind-blowing to me. Um, Bart was mind-blowing to me. Um, I think as I've, um, I've appreciated the practical theology of a lot of uh, folks uh, who I've, I've read since then. Um, you know, uh, he'll be embarrassed that I'm listing him alongside Bart and Calvin, but but when I read Cliff Kirkpatrick's book about um, about what it meant to be church while I was in uh, seminary, that that actually was an eye opener. The idea that we would um, that, that we would form community uh, through through being church together and um, and has really influenced my thinking about the work I do with the Covenant Network, uh, as well as uh, as well as in the Synod and the Presbytery, uh, th- the theology that guides um, my thinking about church is the idea that we are not an institution or an organization, um, uh, and our our rules are not just rules; um, they are about forming a covenant community. Um, and it's all about how we enter into relationship with each other, what is demanded of each other, um, and how we can serve each other. Um, it, it, when we when we function in covenant, we we do well, and when we mm. depart from our covenant with each other, we we, we mess it up. Yeah, things go haywire. That's for sure. That at all that talking about Clifford Patrick, talking about covenant theologically, not just as an organization, but as a kind of a, a, a concept and theological term, that makes, that all lines up for me. That has definitely been my experience of who you are and what you do. And I think Cliff would be, I think would be honored. And I see you, you know, for folks who don't know younger generations, Cliff was a longtime state clerk, was head of world mission for quite some time as well, was did ecumenical work. Um, I mean, I didn't even mention earlier that Brian, part of his uh, vocation too is, uh, well, like maybe I mentioned it briefly, K- KCUR, um, and pub, uh, NPR affiliate, he is a hosting contributor there. Um, I experience you definitely that way. Um, and maybe that's a way into our topic around covenant and being church and what it means, um, especially here, here we are in June and Pride Month. Um, and um, LGBTQIA plus inclusion, we've made, there's been a lot of great things that have happened in terms of um, in our book of order for full inclusion, but that isn't necessary, just because it's in the book of order doesn't mean it's really happening, right? There's, there's more work to do. And I suspect that's the edge where you're, you and Covenant Network are working these days. Well, that's right. I, I first of all, I want to appreciate your uh, your sartorial splendor uh, today. I'm I, I am disappointed there's not a bow tie involved, but I'm I'm delighted by the rainbow. <laughs> next time, next time. <laughs> um, the, you're absolutely right. I think uh, the work of inclusion and justice for LGBTQIA plus people in the church. Um, I think a lot of folks thought uh, come 2011 when the church voted to allow um, ordination of gay and lesbian people uh, that mission accomplished. And some people thought, okay, there's one more mission. Uh, We have to to talk about marriage. And in 2015, the church voted to allow uh, ministers uh, to perform same-sex marriages and for churches to host them. Um, But 
what I have realized, I think we knew this at the time anecdotally, we certainly know it um, experientially now, uh, that work is far from concluded. Uh, just because it's permitted does not mean that it is uh, happening, uh, certainly is not happening everywhere. Um, and even in the places where uh, people are being ordained, LGBTQIA plus people are being ordained or married, uh, it is acceptance isn't universal. Uh, it is often only through struggle um, and, uh, and pain that it is accomplished. Um, we have a long way to go. Uh, the, the mission of the Covenant Network these days, we, we summarize it as educating, engaging, and equipping. Um, something that we always said back uh, even when we were much more engaged in kind of legislative lobbying at the General Assembly level, when we were organizing and trying to get win votes in presbyteries, mm -hmm. is that we are not just about winning votes. We are about strengthening the church. We are about winning hearts and minds to build a better community. Um, uh, the Covenant Network was always committed to unity and inclusion. Um, and uh, today, I think that is no less true and no less needed. Uh, we, we experience, um, I mean, I get calls in the office all the time from candidates and inquirers who are struggling with um, understanding their presbyteries. Even more than that, I get calls from churches, and usually they're churches that are 100% supportive. They, they want to be welcoming. They want to be inclusive. Uh, they want to ordain their first gay elders and deacons. They want to have their first same-sex marriage, but they don't know how to talk about it in their church. They, they're worried about the impact. They're worried they're going to alienate someone. They're, um, they, they've been welcoming for 20 years and they and no gay people walk in the door you know it makes i don't know would you equate this i was i was thinking um and there'd been some attention a couple of years ago there was a status of women study my wife elizabeth was involved in and 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 others um and um it was for the i think it's for the world council of churches but it was based on some work in the pcusa and and just the, the stained glass ceiling is still there you know in so many ways in terms of pastorates and pay and opportunities, et cetera. Um, and we started ordaining women in, um, at least uh, in 1954 and, and the, in the Northern Church. I mean, that's, you know, decades ago. Do you think there's a similar path or do you think there's, would you put those kinds of things alongside each other or, um, you know, can you, we learn from that, um, that, you know, and does that help people? Maybe what do you say to those churches when they call you? Maybe that's, that's the way to think about this. I'm trying to figure out like, how can we get there faster, Brian? That's, that's, yeah, I, it's a great question. And I, I, uh, you know, I'm, as a dude, I want to be careful about uh, assuming that I fully understand the, the struggle that, that, um, women in ministry have, Amen. have had Amen. either in the 1950s or today. Um, but, but I think one thing that I, that does seem to me parallel is that just because the door got opened, uh, did not mean that the battle for, uh, equity was accomplished. Right. And in equity. fact, I think, mm -hmm. I think we could say it with certainty that there is not yet equity. Um, the, the studies of salaries would show that, the studies of who is in the top positions in churches would show that. Um, and I, I, we, you know, we're very conscious of that problem <laughs> and uh, not entirely sure of, of the solution except to keep 
keep working on it. And I think that is very true with LGBTQIA plus people in the church as well. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're at a place where there are presbyteries that are more than eager to ordain LGBTQIA plus people as ministers, right. but, but are there jobs for them? Are right. there churches that are going to call them? Are they willing to see them as heads of staff at this point? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I occupy a place of, of privilege <laughs> because I entered ministry in 1999, not being out of the closet. Um, and so I accumulated experience as a pastor, but not as a gay man serving as a pastor because I wasn't out. Um, for, for folks who, are, who don't have those years of, of accumulating privilege that I did, um, it's still a pretty tough world out there in the church. Right. Um, and, uh, and in fact, it can be really exhausting. I, I know plenty of pastors who, of openly LGBTQ pastors, whose first does not find a lot of um, fellowship community around them. Uh, if you don't have that, and you're dealing with the, the pressures of being maybe the first openly gay person to serve in a church, uh, it can be a really exhausting ministry. And some of them decide, I, I'd rather do something else. Um, so what, so, yeah. so, what so equity, can... I think you, you asked what I would say to a church. I mean, yeah. what I'd say to a church is, you, you know, equity is not just about ignoring the person's sexual orientation. It is not about, um, saying we're not going to, we're not going to care about the fact that someone is LGBTQ. Uh, I think it is about understanding that the, the benefits of the whole person being the whole person, um, and, uh, you know, engaging them and sharing their life with them the same way you would uh, any other pastor. And um, that's, a, that's a growing edge for a lot of churches, but it's a great opportunity for ministry. Right. 100%. Um, yeah. Um, maybe just, I mean, kind of naming and claiming like this, is, this work isn't done. You, you said is, you know, that we've got to live into these changes. And it's every community, every leader. I'm sure there's leaders out there, um, some who would self-identify um, as, as LGBTQIA in one way or another, um, but there are probably a lot of allies out there also, um, and some folks who are just trying to figure this out. Maybe they're not there yet. Maybe their church isn't there yet. Um, what are some places that you would, um, maybe there's some resources within Covenant or other places. Where, where would you tell people to to find, to find community, to find partners, to find conversation partners? What is it? What kind of some first steps for people? Yeah, I think uh, it's really good, important to know and good and comforting, I hope, to know that, that you're not doing this alone if you're a church that is asking these questions. Um, in some cases, other churches in your presbytery uh, are, are addressing the same questions. And if they're not, uh, other churches around the country are. Uh, one of the things the Covenant Network Presbyterians is doing right now is trying to engage through a, a program we're calling Covenant Conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, these are these are events that where we try to bring congregations and leaders, church leaders, together to who may be at different places on this journey, um, but who all want to sort of take steps forward um, to learn from each other, to develop resources together, um, and, and to 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 learn to actually engage. Um, rather than just sort of throw our hands up and say, we don't know what to do. Um, we're, we've and had these events. 
and it's not like a one, one, two, three, kind of a, 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 (laughs) there's no, No. there's not a train that you get on and go one direction with this, right? (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. And unfortunately, I mean, that's unfortunate, right? Because uh, during the pandemic, it would have been great if we could have just put out a video that said, here are the 10 steps to being a welcoming church. Um, uh, But, but it doesn't work that way. Um, Most things in the church don't work that way. Uh, Every situation is different. The questions people are raising are different. And remember, just like when we were debating this 10 years ago, it's not really just an issue. It's about people's lives. So it's how do we reach the people in this community? How do we answer the questions people are asking here? You know, we're working on a a covenant conversation. uh, We were planning it before the pandemic in Charlotte. And the planning team uh, there, which I hope will be coming back together very soon to, to, to begin that work again, um, you know, was focused a lot on intersectional uh, issues uh, among LGBTQIA plus people of color uh, and, and, how, and, and unique questions facing the communities of that presbytery. Um, uh, we, we talked when we had a, an event in uh, Austin, I'm sorry, it was in San Antonio about um, the the Spanish speaking congregations of that area and the particular cultural and um, and ethnic questions that were raised around LGBTQIA plus issues that that maybe called for some special uh, reflection on the part of churches. Um, you know, it's and, and it's not just race or ethnicity, but but the particular challenges of particular places. These are what we want to be able to engage and what we have to engage just like we would anything else when we're talking about evangelism or about hospitality or about um, social justice in a particular community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, it, but it is hard work, Lee, and that's the thing that I think is challenging is we want it to be as simple as putting a rainbow flag outside the church. We want it to be as simple as a well-crafted welcome statement on the front of the bulletin, but, but it isn't. It, it requires real engagement, real theological reflection, uh, and, and reflection on who we are, what our identity as a church is. Well, and, and it sounds, and contextually, doing that contextually where you live and what you're about, and I appreciate you bringing in the intersectional sort of things. I'm thinking of class, race, ethnicity, gender, um, sexual orientation, all of these, um, kind of come, come, come together and every place is different. There are different steps. That's helpful. You can't just go to, there's not a handbook or a guidebook, man. And that's hopefully comforting to some people. Um, Charles, uh, Smith, I think is in a, uh, a leadership role, maybe in Grace Presbytery is on said saying that, uh, he's a big fan of conversations and, 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 and even, He's giving me an okay on the bow tie. I have a rainbow bow tie. I'm so sorry. I can't find it. All right. It's okay. COVID has taken it away from me. Um, But he's talking about partnership and teaching together. I mean, that's what, and sometimes it's helpful to have someone who's maybe not in your presbytery, somebody like you. And I feel like that's one of your gifts is as a host, as someone who can ask the right question and who thinks theologically, I'll, I'll never forget your sermon um, at a next church national gathering in Chicago who, you know, who, 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 I mean, I think you're, you identify as a preacher of the gospel, the good news. Um, And this is, this is not just like social justice work, right? This, this is theological work um, that we're doing, right? Well, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to accept that that's a dichotomy. I think social justice work is theological work. Amen. 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 And, I, but I, I interpret social justice work as a critical part of evangelism, of mm-hmm. 
proclamation. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of churches that, uh, who, who are quick to sort of reject social justice work, or at least uh, let it blur into the background, um, will, well, their ears will perk up if you talk about hospitality, if you talk about evangelism, if you right. talk about um, welcoming people to your church. It's the same work, um, and it's essential work um, for the gospel, both for justice and for introducing people uh, more fully to um, to Christ and to the church. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've been remiss in uh, I've, I've I keep saying LGBTQ, which is inclusive of uh, transgender and gender non-binary folks, but but I, I think that is particularly important to raise up in this in this moment. Um, mm -hmm. So much of the church's debate over the years was on um, same sex practice and the ordination of gay and lesbian and bisexual people. Um, but, but when we're not debating a polity issue like ordination or who can marry whom, uh, we have often neglected to speak uh, sufficiently about the challenges and the, the opportunities for um, inclusion of transgender and, and gender non-binary folks in the church. Thankfully, the General Assembly did take a position on that back in 2018, finally. Um, and uh, we are, uh, as a church, on record as being committed to uh, calling on congregations as well as to our partners around the world to, to work to protect the dignity and humanity of, of trans folks and non-binary folks. But I think this is an area, at least in my work with churches, Lee, that that uh, a lot of churches are really struggling with. They don't they don't know the right words to use. They don't know the right questions to ask. They don't know the right facilities to provide, and it, it's very vexing. A lot of them sort of give up. But this is an area where I think um, engaging with others who are on this road um, is really, so really important. Yeah, I mean, what pronouns to use, <laughs> right? Um, it's 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 important. It's important work. Well, I see our time is just about over, unfortunately. But folks, we please get to know Brian Covenant Network, Center of the Mid Center of Mid America. Find him on KCUR FM. Um, I don't know if you've got anything coming up there, but I, I'm going to be looking for you out um, to listen to to listen to your. Uh, to listen to you there um our best to you and to troy and to and to your um i think there's canine members of your family as well right what, yes we have we are we're down to one dog now oh, we'll I, be, saw, but, I thought i saw yeah. i thought i saw my, yeah. our, our sympathy and prayers for you i mean that's so tough mine mine is back here behind me <laughs> giving me support i mean they've gotten us through the pandemic that is for sure um, but thanks for who you are, what you do, how you lead, um, the joy in, in the way you do it, which is, is, is really kind of unbelievable because, man, I mean, ordination in 1999, I'm just thinking we, <laughs> there's been a long journey there. Um, and thank you for, for who you are. Um, and uh, I look forward to supporting you and hopefully others, too, and what you're doing. May we all work for this mission of full inclusion, real inclusion um uh in the coming days and i'm going to invite you to to bless us charge us um but let me just first say um folks everybody who's joined us or if you're joining us um after the live show we're glad you're here um please look at and listen to the other um shows on leading theologically on our podcast or on youtube channel theological education fund 
Um, we're going to actually take a break for the summer. Sabbath rest is important for everyone. I'm encouraging churches to give pastors some Sabbath rest, not just a vacation. And I'm going to take the same advice. Uh, we'll be back in August uh, with some more guests, um, and we'll look forward uh, to that time. But do stay in touch. But Brian, would you charge and bless us as we go? It would be my privilege. Uh, friends, do do go from this conversation to have your own conversations, to conversations within yourself and with God and with each other that shape and transform and advance the cause of Christ which is a cause that includes all people, um, not in spite of who they are, but because of who they are. Um, may the grace that has embraced you and the love that God gives us as gift among and with each other and the community that is our calling be yours this day and always. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Blessings, everyone. I will hope to see you soon. <laughs>